Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to TK Sports. My name is Trent. And I'm Kobe. And today, to start off, I would like to talk about the Bulls-Raptors game. Kobe, did you ever see anything about the Bulls-Raptors game? I did not see anything about this NBA basketball game. So, I was playing 10 seed versus mm-hmm. 9 scene. I had predicted the Raptors to win. And I was doing homework all day on Wednesday. Um, but I turned it on, and the Raptors are up big. Mm. I don't remember what the score was, but it was like 15 points plus. Mm. And they looked good. They were they were doing it. Doing my homework, you know, focus, not paying attention yep. to the game. I look up, the Bulls are within three. <laughs> um, Bulls ended up winning and overcoming a 19-point comeback. Uh, Zach Levine carried them with 39 points, shooting 12 for 22 from the field, making 13 free throws. 13 free throws. That's a lot of free throws. That is a lot. But when you're used to watching Shea Gilders Alexander, that's, true. that's not a lot. The Raptors missed a lot of free throws this game, didn't they? I think I saw that. 18 free yeah, throws? Yeah, that's unacceptable. You want to know why they missed 18 free throws? DeMar DeRozan's daughter went to this game, and every time... You know, it's in Toronto. Okay. So he's shooting free throws. It's quiet. Nobody's making sound. They go to shoot, you just hear a scream <laughs> from courtside. <laughs> and DeMar DeRozan's daughter is screaming as loud as... And, and you could hear it on TV. Really? I wasn't... I had my volume down because I was yeah. doing homework, but I was watching, uh, you know, replays and stuff. Yeah. And there was a stat. ESPN or ESPN or Bleach Report posted on Instagram. It said, 36 screams, 18 free throws missed. Mm. And I just think that's hilarious. Yeah, I'll do it to you. Huh? It'd be your own people. Oh, uh, this is so funny. Well, DeMar DeRozan said after the game, he said, you know, I almost didn't bring my daughter to this game, uh, you know, because I think they live in Chicago now because yeah. he plays in Chicago. And she was like, Dad, I really want to go to the go to the Raptors game in Toronto because I used I remember watching uh-huh. him when I was little in Toronto. And he's like, no, you got school tomorrow. You can't. Uh, well, he, she ended up nagging him into letting letting her go, and he's like, "Fine, you can miss a miss a day of school." And he said, "I should pay her for that." <laughs> Good so, for her. She's doing her part. She should get on the Bulls' payroll. Yeah, there you go. Um, I watched the majority of the Thunder game Wednesday night. Okay. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't watch it all. I had I was preoccupied doing mm-hmm. a few things, but I caught the end. I don't know if you saw any highlights from the end of that game. I did. But they won, didn't they? They won, but yeah. They almost blew a 10-point lead in the fourth oh. quarter. But Shea Gilles-Alexander had a really clutch uh, steal where he went and did a layup and then got another... I don't know if it was a steal, but it was on a fast break. He has a floater over Brandon Ingram, and that pretty much gave us the lead, and we held the lead the rest of the game. But Brandon Ingram had a shot. I don't know if you saw the shot. I didn't. I didn't, did not see anything. So we shoot free throws. You know, free throw game. Yeah. We shoot free at throws. The ball, at the end of the basketball game. At the yeah. end of the basketball game. Pelicans down by four. Well, I don't remember who inbounded it, but they chuck it down. And they, like, volleyball set it to to Ingram, who shoots the three, drills it in Ludort's face. And it's arguable that he was fouled, which they didn't call the foul, mm. but they would have. It would have made it a tie ball game if he would have made the free throw. Mm. So it was, it was crazy. And as a Thunder fan, I still got a little hype for Brandon, Igram, yeah. Brandon Ingram watching him, watching him hit that shot. Um but it was good. Oklahoma City, they they won. Um, I think Lou Dort had twenty seven points. Josh Giddy had thirty one, and Shea Gill just had thirty two. It's a pretty good, pretty good game. It's a good way to win a ball game. Three guys and thirty, yeah. It was it was entertaining. Um, I know uh, in the Miami game, which the Hawks won, which 
I predicted that the Hawks would win. Um, Clint Capella, four points, but 21 rebounds. Mm. And eight of those were offensive. He's doing what he needs to do. That's, that's his like, job. Uh, he's, that's not, he's not their guy. To that's scoring. That's Trey Young. Yeah, he's there to grab boards. I know uh, DeJounte Murray had a good game. But, you know, my Instagram feed is full of highlights. Yeah. And full of Thunder stuff. And I saw this graphic that said, you know, the Thunder, as of recording this, are a win away from the playoffs. Mm-hmm. When you listeners hear this, I don't know what the outcome is. Mm-hmm. I hope we make the playoffs. Uh, but we have to play the Timberwolves. And that'll be that'll be a game. I hope. Um, but the Thunder are the second youngest team ever. The youngest team being last year's team, we're averaging at twenty three point three years old. Yeah, that's like that's two years older than we are. Imagine being on a playoff yeah, NBA team. Insane. Uh, you know, we had a thirty point score in Shea Gilgeous Alexander, but over the next five years, we have fifteen first round picks. It's a good spot to be in. Yeah, this year uh, in twenty twenty three, we only have our own. And 2024, we have our own, the Clippers, and Houston's and Utah's. And 2025, we have our own Miami's and Phillies. And 2026, we have our own, the Clippers and Houston. And 2027, we have our own in Denver's. What I what I notice about that is they're all good teams. Yeah. Which, which worries me a bit because I want lottery picks, you know, keep getting those talents. Uh-huh. Um, but we have Houston and Utah's, and those could end up being really well because Houston's not looking so hot right now. And uh, Utah Utah didn't make the playoffs, so if it was this season, those would be lottery picks. Um, but it's not this season. We can only hope. We can only pray on Houston's downfall. Um, speaking of lottery picks, Mikey Williams, have you heard that name before? Yeah, I have. He got in a bit of trouble today. Uh-oh. He was uh, charged with... Um, assault with a deadly weapon. Oh, that's not a good charge. California. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't release the the details. But I just think like you're already endorsed. You're on commercials. You're a, high, a senior in high school, going to Memphis, which is a pretty good basketball basketball organization. And you're making those decisions. Like I don't know what he was doing. Yep. But you think like as a as a person with you know already this celebrity status, you got to be careful. Yep. Um. So I, I saw that today, and then about an hour before recording this, I get a notification about Sean Kemp. Um, for those who don't, who don't know Sean Kemp is, he played for the Supersonics. Supersonics legend. He was really good. You know, Supersonics mm-hmm. turned into the Thunder, so I have a little bit of love for mm-hmm. the guy uh, as a basketball player. But he got in trouble today. He well, was, I think he, it happened a few days, it maybe happened, a week ago. It happened in March. Yeah. But he allegedly fired a handgun in a mall parking lot and was charged with assault in the first degree today. I think there was video. I I think I saw video. Of I it. haven't seen anything. I remember hearing about it, but I haven't yeah. seen anything. Yeah. So so that was uh, that was some news. Um, another another guy who got in a bit of trouble, Miles Bridges. Um, he had an amazing year two years ago with the Hornets. It was a contract year, you know. Guys coming off their rookie de- deal, they'll play well so they can get a good contract. But he uh, he got a domestic abuse, mm-hmm. domestic violence charge, and didn't get re-signed last season. I don't know if he'll get signed, but the NBA today finally decided to suspend him after the charges were dropped. Uh, and they, they agreed that they'd suspend him for 30 games, 
and they considered 20 games already missed because, because he, didn't, of, mm-hmm. he didn't play this last season. But I personally think if a team's not signing you, you know, for doing something that gets you in trouble, I don't think they should count these 20 games. Yeah. Because, you know, he's not on a payroll. Mm-hmm. He's not getting paid. He's not on a team. He's not missing any games yeah. for anyone. Yeah, he's not missing any games. He just didn't get re-signed because he had, he had to figure that stuff out. And, yeah. it's, you know, it's just punishment for the crime, I guess. Um. The other games, which would have been Tuesday night, I know the Lakers and Timberwolves game, I didn't get a catch any of that. Did you see any yeah, of that? Yeah, so I had just got done watching the Dodgers get beat, so I was kind of already down for the count and, and sad. Um, but I wasn't ready for bed yet, so I flipped on YouTube TV and I said, oh, the Lakers are playing. So let me do my due diligence for TK Sports and let me turn this on so... You know, I have some, give some input on it. So I turn it on, it's the fourth quarter. Um, it's about, I'd say probably about six minutes left. Lakers are down. They make their comeback. Final, oh, what, 15 seconds maybe, or maybe less than that. There's a shot by Dennis Schroeder. He ties it up. Or he goes ahead. It's a go-ahead three. He hits the go-ahead three, and then there is a corner three. Shot by, I can't remember. Is that was that the shot at the buzzer. The shot, yes. That was Mike Conley in the Mike corner. Mike Conley, yes. So Mike Conley shoots a three in the corner and gets fouled. Was it a foul? I don't know how they. I think you know how they decide a foul in the NBA. Once they shoot the ball, do they have to give them a landing spot? Is that the yes, rule? Yes, yes. So, so Anthony if Davis your did foot, that. If your foot's in the way, um, like they land on your foot, that's yeah. a shooting foul. Um, but it can also be turned on an offensive foul. Like a guy like shoots a new guy, kicks, his, kicks leg, his leg, leg out. Leg out. Yeah. I remember watching a Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry game winner where he arguably didn't do that, but they called the offensive foul and the t- Toronto Raptors lost. So I don't think Conley kicked his foot out, but... Anthony Davis' big foot was definitely under. Him I when he saw came the down. play, and it looked like they were playing hockey, and he just like laid him out against the glass. Yeah, so Conley heads to the line, and his first free throw is hits the front of the rim, back of the rim goes in. He takes a deep breath. Oh my goodness, I need to tie this game. Bangs the next two out. They go to the overtime, and overtime was a mess. I mean, you see. You're looking at the box score in overtime. The Timberwolves scored four points. The Lakers scored ten points. The amount of turnovers that happened in that overtime was unbelievable. Like, I am glad that I had to got to watch this after the Dodgers lost and I was sad because this was just like comedy. It was so bad. Turnover, turnover. Eventually, you know, the Lakers pull away and you get into the free throw game and whatever, but... Not as good as basketball as I was looking forward to watching in the playoffs. I feel like that's what you get with watching these current Lakers teams. Yeah. Like, even though they, you know, they traded a lot of guys like Westbrook who didn't look so pretty in the lowlights that you see on Instagram. Yeah. But that's how I feel about Laker media. I was like, I will defend Westbrook because as a diehard Yeah, until they die, of course. Um, but watching him play, like, he's not all that bad. He's still averaging 15 points. Yeah. I don't know his efficiency is this year, but... It's just frustrating to watch because Laker media always makes these guys seem like they're really bad, and they make the guys who are mid 
seem like they're really good. Like Talon Horton Tucker, you know who that is? Mm-mm. He was this guy who they had drafted, and he was kind of coming off the bench. Had a really good preseason year, like how Kyle Kuzma did coming out. But he just, I didn't think he was that good. ESPN uh, a couple years ago named their top twenty-five under twenty-five, mm-hmm. and they had Shea Gildas Alexander at like number like twenty-two yeah. and or whatever. But yeah. they had Taylor Horton Tucker ahead of Shea Gildas Alexander. And Taylor Horton Tucker comes off the bench for the Jazz, and he had a forty-point game this season. But it's like he's not that great. But the Lakers all last year, they're like, we're gonna get five first-round picks for this guy. We're gonna get every player we want. And it's just like he's not that he's not great. Lakers, I've never heard of him. Lakers media just likes to inflate all these guys. You saw it with Alex Caruso. Like Alex Caruso was good though, but like they thought he was the next LeBron. You see it with Austin Reeves now, and I yeah. think Austin Reeves in any other ball club is not that as as good as he is. Um, and I think that like he's just good on Lakers because the Lakers are popular and everybody wants to watch the Lakers, and all these Lakers fans are like. You know, I don't even remember when Paul George was a free agent, and they're like, we're getting Paul George, we're getting Kawhi Leonard. We're getting everyone. We're getting Giannis, we're getting Jimmy Butler. Ironically, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard go to the Clippers. Yeah. Because nobody wants to play for the Lakers yeah. because the, the media just kills them. Talk to any Lakers fans, and there's two two options they give about LeBron. It's either we can't stand the guy, he's washed, he needs to get kicked off the team, or they love him. But the majority of them can't stand LeBron. I don't know about you, but if I get LeBron on my team, I'm gonna be really excited. Yeah, even if, even even if he's 45, it's still LeBron. He's got that. He's got that leadership. He's got that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping we draft Bronny James. So, so. <laughs> well, here's the thing about that. I don't think that is exclusive to the Lakers. I think you can just say you can chalk that up to any sport, a big market team. Dodgers get the same treatment. I know it's L.A. But any big market team like that, you are going to garner that reputation from the media. Um, you see the same thing that happens when, for example, this year, Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady's Buccaneers. They weren't doing so hot. Mm-mm. Because Tom Brady's there, they catch scrutiny and headlines. Everybody, and the media. And yeah. everybody around here can't stand Tom Brady. So exactly. So the Buccaneers, you know, are the worst team ever. And... Yeah, let's say the Chiefs went on a skid. They would be catching flack, too. It's a big market team. It's just that's it's the media. That's the one thing about being, you know, a fan of a small market team like Oklahoma yeah. City is we just don't see mm-hmm. that kind of scrutiny. Yep. Um, like Shea Gildas can have a bad game, nobody bats a nine. But what's nice to see is you know Shea Gildas has had a really good season and people are actually talking yeah. about him, and it's nice to see the recognition because mm-hmm. like as a fan, I've watched him the last couple of years. I'm like, this guy's up next. He's he's that dude. He's really good. But people just don't realize it, and they always just, you know, Shea Gilles Alexander, nobody talks about him. And the people who do, they're like, well, he's young, he's bad, he's on the Thunder, the Thunder are bad. Well, we might make the playoffs. Still don't know. I don't like not knowing. I hope we win tonight. Um, but NBA season did wrap up last week, and I didn't get to touch up on a lot of this on Tuesday or Wednesday morning. My apologies. But there were some moments that were really fun to watch this season. Uh, LeBron breaking Kareem's record. Yep, I did um, watch that game. That was against the Oklahoma State I Thunder. That game. Hit the hit the fadeaway, um, which is actually I think his worst per- percentage shot is that fadeaway, <laughs> and he hit the fadeaway over Kenrich Williams, um, who's on un- Kenrich Williams unfortunately out for the rest of the season with the 
with a wrist injury. He had surgery on his wrist. But he, he said after the game, he goes, you know, I could look at it two ways with this game. We could be the guys that stop that stop LeBron from breaking his record, or we could be a part of history. <laughs> and he will forever be a part of history because that shot was scored on him. Well, yeah, weren't ticket prices going crazy? They were like the next few games. Like there was the Bucks, the Bucks game that they were playing. Was it the game after? That, that was the, that was the Friday after. Was the Bucks yeah. game? And those tickets were sold out. I didn't I didn't catch up on that, but I remember people talking about the Thunder game, and it was like. Fifteen thousand dollars, twenty thousand yeah. dollars, yeah. And I'm like, I have never seen that amount of money in my life. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine spending that to go to a basketball yeah. game. But I did. I did also watch that on TV. Um, and it was it was it was really really fun to watch and watching them. You know, they paused the game as soon as he hit uh-huh. it. Kareem came out, passed the ball mm-hmm. to. To LeBron, you know, Kareem's been kind of salty the last couple of years about LeBron coming up on his record. <laughs> it was funny to watch him sit in court. They and, always cut to him courtside. And he always looks so mad. Yeah. It, was, it was so funny. And then um, the the other thing that we had two 70-point games this season. We had Donovan Mitchell against Chicago on January 2nd. He had 71 points, 8 rebounds, and 11 assists. Um, that's, that's a game right there. Yeah. I remember... Um, I think I was driving home and I get a notification. I checked down and it's just like, Donovan Mitchell has 71 points. And I was like, this is fake. This is one of those, <laughs> one of those fake Twitter accounts yeah. that gives me a notification. But it wasn't. Uh, the other the other one was Damian Lillard, February 26th against Houston, 71-6-6. and My problem with that game is it was against Houston. And not a great team, right? Not a great team. Yeah. And I always see like these guys score high numbers. And it's impressive. Yeah. But it's always against these bad teams. Like, I have a list of uh, all 50-point games this season. Mm -hmm. There was 25 of them. And I don't see that many great teams. I see one, Curry had 50 points on November 16th against Phoenix. Curry also had 50 points against the Clippers uh, March 15th. But you're seeing teams like Houston, Chicago, Utah, the Pelicans, Washington... Atlanta, Detroit, Charlotte. You got Embiid scored 52 points against Boston, so that was a good that's one. A, yeah, that's impressive. Uh, the Spurs. And it's just like, you get these high-scoring games, which are always impressive, but like I want to see that happen. You know, Bucks versus the the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the series we had a couple years ago between the Jazz and the Nuggets in the bubble. And like Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell both had 50-point games in the same game. It's like, I want to see stuff like that again, because that's entertaining when they're competitive games. Um, but another crazy game this season was Luka on December 27th uh, versus the Knicks. 61 points, 21 rebounds, and 10 assists. Talking about filling the stat sheet. Yeah. That I was in the gym. I get the notification. I'm like, holy moly. <laughs> I don't even know what to think. Like, I wish I watched it live. Yeah. Like, it's Luka Magic. Yeah. That's what they call him. It's video game numbers. It's like... All these numbers are like it's like playing 2K in real life on on rookie on rookie mode yeah in your my career. Um, the other the other thing that I always thought was interesting was Kevin Durant's trade to the Suns big time trading Macau Bridges to the Nets and that's right at the trade deadline. That was right? the trade deadline. Uh it was like the night before. I remember I was laying in bed, <laughs> check Instagram, and I just see Kevin Durant trade to the Suns, and I'm like, no way. And it's so scary around that time because you really gotta like. Make sure it is a reputable source because people are posting all 
types of fake trades and all that. And you're like, oh, is yeah. this real? And then your phone blows up with the fake accounts. Yeah. Like, you'll get the Twitter notification. You'll be like, is this, do I trust this? Yeah. I don't know if I do. Um, but that was that was crazy. Uh, there were a couple highlights. I remember watching Jason Tatum dunk over Giannis. I've seen that one. That yep. one, that one impressive. was really impressive. I actually watched it live. Mm. And I look up. I was on my computer, on my phone, or doing something. And I just look up, and it happens. Bang. I'm like, I never see those Honestly. live because I'm always just not watching games. Yeah. So it's always a little extra special seeing it live. Um, that, but those are those are a couple of my favorite moments. Um, the other day, we also had a little bit of Twitter beef between two <laughs> two players, Kyle Kuzma and Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, I I'm a fan of Spencer Dinwiddie, not really a fan of Kyle Kuzma, <laughs> but for if you remember Spencer Dinwiddie, um, I think it was last season, started with the Wizards, so he was Kyle Kuzma's teammate. Okay. And then remember that he got traded uh, to the Mavericks. They went to the conference finals, but then he got traded this season to the Nets, back to the Nets for Kyrie. So Dinwiddie comes out. I don't know what was said before. I was say, what, this. What's the why? Why is this? I beef? I don't remember why didn't Spencer Dinwiddie said this. I didn't see that anywhere. But Spencer Spencer Dinwiddie goes talking about Kyle Kuzma. You're probably not even a third star really on a good team because if you were the Lakers, if you were the Lakers probably would have kept you because Lakers... did he did he tag him or no? He probably I didn't don't tag know. him. I, can, I could try to. I find mean, it's out. pretty obvious who he's talking about in that tweet. Yeah, I just... he's subtweeting him hard. And and the one I see, he he said it. Um, he was saying it in he a, quote in tweet a or something? no, it wasn't in a tweet. It was in an interview. Oh, um, oh. So, oh, like a podcast or something? I'm not sure. I okay. can't see. Um, all all I see on Instagram is just like him talking on a video. But Kuzma Kuzma comes back, and he goes. The Wizards and I have so much real estate, um, and then calls uh, Spencer Dinwiddie a colorful name. Yeah, that um, rhymes with his name. That rhymes with his name. Yeah. So, on it, and he goes, Wizards and I have so much real estate on blank island. This guy got signed by a team. <laughs> um, says, uh, this guy got signed by a team. Uh, I don't even know what he's trying to say. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense, but we'll skip past that. He's like, it was traded before the following season was over. Um, it says, what in the world have you won in this league? LOL, you've been bounced around like a basketball on my board. You, <laughs> you can thank KD and Kyrie for the spearheading 34 wins before the All-Star break. They were 11-13 and 13 after the break for your playoffs. Second option, more like second point guard. LOL, my man, I watched you for two months at the... End of the Wizards' tenure, being the second option, averaging 8-4-4. Four, and four. Sounds good, but glad you're hooping now. And yep, I got a bag coming. Stop hating, LOL. And last but not least, the only way you'll ever be worth your contract is if the NBA finally gives you your wish of getting paid in crypt. Check the markets. Enjoy the clicks. Go Sixers. Wow. So, yeah. Kuzma had some ammo. Well, I mean, if someone comes at you like that, on, you know, a podcast or wherever he said that at. Good for him. You know, not the not the biggest Kuzma fan either, but he came at him with some facts. I really want to know what happened before all this. Yeah, something. But happened. I never saw anything. But Dinwiddie did 
come back and he goes, he resorted to some name calling, um, blank again, said, last time I heard that was I was 10 years old. We don't get mad at Rick Fox for winning a championship with Kobe and Shaq, but we can act like Rick Fox led them to, we can't act like Rick Fox, Rick Fox led them to a championship. Um, I mean, he put the team together. <laughs> well, I got a notification at 10 a.m. I haven't opened it. It says, Rick Fox joins Kuz Dinwiddie. Oh, here we go. So let me open this up, and I will try to see what he said. My phone just got to load. So I have more quotes. From uh, what Spencer Dinwiddie said at the end, he goes, the funny part about that, right, there's a lot of contradictions. He resorted to calling me name-calling. Um, and he goes, if we were going to talk about my career and things that I've done that are unique and possibly different, I led our team to the playoffs when the max players were hurt, averaging over 20 points a game, so won a lot of games there. I've been to the Western Conference Finals with Luka, obviously, in the Mavs. Been to the playoffs every year for the last five or six years. Uh, and then he brought dragged Rick Fox. So Rick Fox tweeted the the article on Yahoo says that naturally drew a response from Rick Fox. The three time champion greeted Dinwiddie, then noted he was a captain on those three championship teams. Rick Fox says, Hello, Spencer Dinwiddie, nice to meet you. <laughs> Thanks for the introduction. This is a photo of the three captains that Phil Jackson chose to lead his Lakers. Laker teams back-to-back-to-back championship. Who is Rick Fox? I am the other, the enforcer. And it's a pic- <laughs> it's a picture of Rick Fox, Shaq, and Kobe. Rick Fox saying, like, you can't say I didn't help uh-huh. lead the team because I was a captain. Yeah. Um, but that's the, that's the last we heard don't from Don't come up those old heads, man. They get, they get defensive. Yeah, don't come at them. Especially them good ones like that. I mean, I don't know much about Rick Fox. I don't. Me know. either. I don't even know who he was before this. If we're not, if we're not gonna lie, but um, I still wouldn't come at him like that. But that's, that's just your typical Twitter beef. It's, it's like, funny. why does it happen? But it does. And now when they play against each other, it'll be fun. I always wonder if PR teams are like, hey, just hey, tweet shot, at him. tweet at this guy. Get, at some, get some name. Get some. Get some. Yeah, yeah, You're not yeah. in the playoffs. You guys got to get some. Uh, yeah. Get your, They're bored. Yeah. They're bored. Well. The other thing that I like to note uh, for the wrap up of the season was our season leaders. Our scoring champion was Joel Embiid for the second straight year with thirty three point one points. But the guy who scored the total amount of points was Jason Tatum with two thousand two hundred twenty five. And I think this year we had three players score at least two thousand points that are under twenty five years old mm. since. I think early 2010s, it was a year that, um, I have to find the tweet. I don't think I have the tweet anymore, but I saw, I saw a post that was like LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and maybe Bosch did it in one year. Um, our, uh, assist total or our assist leader was James Harden, 10.7 assists. Scheduled. He's the first player to have three scoring titles and two assist titles. Yeah. Um, but the total was Trey Young with 741 assists. I didn't realize Trey Young was yeah, up there. He was kind of quiet this year. It's because the Hawks were kind of quiet. Yeah. You know, I make, making the trade for DeJounte Murray, I thought they were going to be louder than they yeah. were last year. 
Um, our rebound leader was DeMontis Sabonis with both the average and the assists. He averaged 12.3 rebounds and had the total of 973. And the steal leader was OG Ananobi with 1.9 steals a game and a total of 128. But our block leader was Jaron Jackson Jr. with exactly three blocks a game. But the total was Brooke Lopez, 193. <laughs> and if you would have told me like four years ago that Brooke Lopez would be a defensive monster, like he might have, he's always been solid on defense, but I never saw him as like, yeah, that guy on defense who's going to win awards. Yeah. So that's, that's a, that's an interesting, um, interesting story for me. Um, but getting away from basketball, I did see this, that Fernand, uh, Tatis is back. He's not back yet. Um, so he has been serving a suspension for PEDs going back to last year, which he completely denies. Um, says he didn't do it. They all say they, they all say they didn't do he it. He says he took some, you know, medicine from a doctor for tapeworm. Because that's one gonna... of the more interesting excuses you can hear from. I, I think I'd rather say I was taking steroids than yeah. saying I have a tapeworm. Yeah, so that was his excuse there. Um, but he's been tearing it up in the minor leagues, which obviously, why why would he not? Um, so as of April 14th, he's playing six games. He's batting 478, 1.63 OPS, four homers, 11 RBIs, and two stolen bases. Okay. An all-star play in the minor leagues. You should be doing that, right? You should be hitting a 1,000. Yeah. So, taking that into account, he hits a monster home run, which, of course, I, I think I saw the replay of that. He should be hitting monster home runs. And a longtime minor league journeyman who's been, been in minor league ball for nine years, Caden McClure. I don't know who he is. No one knows who he is. But from this tweet, I learned who he was. He quote tweets a tweet by the team that Tatis is rehabbing with and says, Cheater hits a home run on rehab assignment during a steroid suspension. And that's it. <laughs> so he's just throwing shade just like those two were doing. Yeah, yeah. And that's just funny. Get his name on the map. Somehow. Yeah, he's, he doesn't care. He's been in the minor leagues for nine years. He's just... He's doing him. And, of course, Tati's his bat flipping and all this. And the minor yeah, he's got the like, swagger yeah, that he's, he's like, got. That's why he's famous. Yeah, he's like, whatever. So, it just turns into a little social media deal where he's... His mom, like, puts an Instagram story out about it. Oh, no. And that's really all it was. But I just thought that was really funny. That's a preface the fact that he'll be back Thursday. Thursday. For a Padres team who is third right now. Who do they play? I do not know who they play. They're third in the NL West, game and a half back, right behind the Dodgers. That team could use him. Um, any team could use a Tatis. You know, I, I, he's not my favorite, but I would take him on my team. It's gonna be interesting. He'll be in the outfield now. What was he before? Shortstop. So not, not. You would see a lot of highlights of Tatis, but defensively, not the greatest. He was top five in errors. Oh, no. Yeah, last year. So Maybe the outfield will be better for Yeah, him. maybe. You're just catching balls out there. Yeah, so... Got a, does he have the arm? 
Yeah, he's got the arm. He's 90-plus across the diamond. No, that's, that's yeah, so he's, the arm is not the issue. It's just playing a big league outfield is not easy. Um, yeah, you can't be sitting there playing in the dirt like like, yeah. league, like when you're it, a kid. It's kind of been a long time coming for the Padres. They got Hassan Kim, who plays shortstop last year. And there's even a little Tatis experiment in the outfield last year. But now they got Xander Bogarts from the Boston Red Sox in free agency. He plays shortstop. Hassan Kim plays second, which leaves... Tatis to go to the outfield. So, uh, are you a, are you a Tatis fan, or are you not a fan of Tatis? I wouldn't say I'm either. I'm kind of in between. Would I have given him the monster contract that the Padres gave him without him really proving himself? Not really. That wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have seen that as a Dodgers and been like, yes, fourteen years, three hundred forty million. I feel like it's a risk to sign anybody longer than five years. That's, that's not how baseball goes, though. The, I the know. 10 plus huge contracts are, that's the name of the game right that's now. That's scary, you know, because what if a guy gets hurt? What if a guy wants I mean, out? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know what kind of clauses he has and stuff. He he has uh, player options starting in 29. Oh, no, it's a modified no trade clause. So he's a no trade clause until 28. I don't see them trading him. I don't either. Let's be honest. Unless you know he never plays because he keeps getting in trouble for steroids. <laughs> but he's locked down with the Padres until he is 35 years old. <laughs> a player plays a little differently when they're 35 <laughs> than when they're 24. You know, I can't say if I'm a fan of of him either. I um, he's before I started playing like the show and yeah. starting to just see names and get to know people. Like I knew who he was. Only because of Instagram. Yeah. You know, he's one of those highlight guys. He is. Like, Aaron Judge is another one of those highlight guys. But, yeah, but that's a good ball But Aaron player, Judge though. is different. Yeah. But it's like, you know, off the top of my head, I can't name you that many guys. Mm-hmm. I see um, I see Castellanos. Yeah. I saw him him last week get a... Did he, did he, did he get ejected? Yeah, he got thrown out. You, can't, you can't draw a line in the dirt. You're gone. That's what happens when you draw a line in the dirt. I remember seeing a TikTok about him, too, that was always like, he hits the home runs always at the worst possible moments. Oh, I'll have to do a little segment about that one time. I could do that for sure. I remember, I remember seeing that, and I, I got a kick out of that. That's yeah. how I found out about him, actually. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but let me preface the reason why, you know, also Tatis is not my favorite. He plays for the Padres. That's like my rival team. Like, oh, that's yeah. our rivals, you know. It's like the Thunder and the Rockets. Yeah. Is he good for baseball in general? Yes. But, yeah, I'm good. Would I take him on my team? Yeah, I'd be stupid to say no. <laughs> so, well, it looks like Thursday, uh, April 20th at 9.40 p.m., they play the Diamondbacks. Now, not knowing much about baseball, is that going to be a winnable game for them? Should it be? Diamondbacks are number one in the NLS right now. What's their record right now? They're eight and five. They um they did a number on on my boys on the Dodgers. It was kind of sad. Um, those games were extremely frustrating for me, watching us lose to the Diamondbacks, who you know haven't been very good since 2015, mm. mid 2010s. Um, it used to be us two at the top, and the and the Giants um, fighting for that spot. One of my core core Dodger memories is the. Dodgers clinching the division at Arizona and the whole team coming out of the locker room while they were celebrating, you know, champagne shower and all oh, that. Oh, yeah. Running to right field, hopping the fence and jumping in the pool. 
It, that was awesome. And the Diamondbacks I think I remember that. that. So now, the year after that, they also clinched in Arizona. And the Arizona Diamondbacks had cops on horses sitting in right field. <laughs> so we couldn't do it again. But now Dime, Diamondbacks were a good ball club. Were the were the Dodgers fine for that? Uh, I don't think so. And if they were, they didn't care. It's change money for any, any yeah, sports yeah. thing like that. That was at the beginning of like the Dodgers uprising, too. Oh, so, yeah. So it was a big deal. Like Now they wouldn't do that. So have you always been a Dodgers fan? Oh, yeah. You should see my basement at home. <laughs> we have probably like six signed jerseys, um, oh, really memorabilia cool. everywhere. I, I don't know any different, you know. My dream is also like with me and the Thunder. I wasn't always I wasn't into sports growing mm-hmm. up. Like I like I knew about sports. My dad's a Chiefs fan, so I watched a lot of Chiefs football. I remember as a kid, like I had that you know kids with their little helmets on. I had a, yeah, yeah, I had a yeah. Chiefs helmet, but like I didn't know anything about sports. And yeah. I always remember like people would ask me. It's funny now. Like I remember in twenty eleven, they're like, "Do you know who Kevin Durant is?" I'm like, "I have no idea who that is." <laughs> uh, and even in what hurts the most is in twenty twelve. Thunder in the finals. I knew who LeBron James was. Of course. So I was like, well, we're going to go for the Heat against the Thunder. So the one time the Thunder been in the finals, <laughs> I rooted against them in like sixth grade. So that, that'll that always hurt. But it's like my friend, always he played 2K a lot. He lived in Memphis. Oh, yeah. I didn't know anything, but he was my buddy. He would visit every summer. So he got into basketball because he was real tall. Uh, so he was, he was always playing, trying to teach me about it. About it. I didn't care. But we'd play 2K together, and he would kick my butt every time. <laughs> well, coincidentally, my older sister decided to buy 2K. I don't know why she decided to buy 2K, um, but she did. So I spent that summer learning just by playing 2K. Yeah, everything, that's how you learn players, dude. Everything I know about basketball now is just because I would grind yeah. the career. And like I remember like I played for the Bucks, and I had a team who... Or I had a teammate with a real long last name I didn't yeah. know how to pronounce. But therefore, I like I knew who Giannis was before yeah. most people knew who Giannis was. Yeah. And I quickly learned all the players and had fun, watched basketball the next season. But it's like growing up, like I didn't know any anything about sports. So like as a you know, as a middle schooler freshman, you know, you get to that age where you kinda of start discovering yourself. I also got to discover like what teams do I want to be a fan of, mm-hmm. which is kind of fun. It is fun. I mean, I kind of never really had the choice. Yeah. Which is also fun. It, I mean, it's been awesome for me. I grew up listening to Vince Scully, who you probably don't know who that is. I have no idea who that is. Baseball fans know. Legendary sports commentator for the Dodgers. And he did the World Series before I was born. You know, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I grew up listening to him with my dad every night. I mean, that's that's some of my favorite memories. I remember when he retired, like, crying with my dad as he retired. He died last year, cried when he died. Because um, he was one of those guys where you could close your eyes and watch the game. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And he would tell stories. He was the announcer for the Dodgers when they were in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Up until present time. So think of the stories oh, he had. It was time. unbelievable. Yeah, um, sad. Joe Davis, shout out to Joe Davis and Oral. Oral Horse has a guy who replaced him. Tough job. You're replacing arguably the best sports commentator ever. Tough job, and he's doing amazing. Great. That's and Joe, great. Joe does the World Series now. Awesome. That's great, great to hear. So the other 
baseball story going around right now is the Tampa Bay Rays, who had a chance to make history tonight. Didn't you say Wednesday morning that you didn't think they were going to keep it up? I, yeah, I doubted them. Um, I didn't think they'd get this far. If they win today, that'd be the first team to ever go 14-0 and to start a season in the modern baseball history. Um, I just turned the game on, and it's 6-1. to And the... Bottom of the fifth, so I don't know if they're going to get it going. Blue, oh. Jays, Blue Jays are taking care of business, but uh, you never know. I, it's a special team. Hopefully hopefully it goes well. It's great to see history. Um, all you listeners out there already know the, the results. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be done with this show before um, it's over. But it's, it's incredible what they're doing. I saw some stats from them. The way they are... <laughs> they had scored. They had hit more home runs than they had allowed runs. That is crazy. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, obviously their first in runs scored, first in runs allowed thirty. So they're sitting at a plus seventy one score differential. So, so they've scored seventy one more points than they've given up. How many games runs? Do you, how many games do you predict till they lose today? <laughs> Sadly. It's six to one. <laughs> hey, you never know. You never know. It is baseball. What's the what's the, what's the uh, ending they're in right now? They're in the bottom of the fifth. So it could happen. Somebody hits a grand slam. Um, the, they had a good pitcher going. Blue Jays did too. Uh, he was kind of due for a good start, but yeah, thirteen and zero. They tied the record at least. You know, it's still impressive. Oh, it's incredible. What was impressive. that like? The, when when was the record? 1800s, I think I saw on Instagram. Yeah, it's something stupid. A little, a little Friday, a little Friday feel good story. I thought we could talk about that. You probably see all over social media and stuff. Is the home run celebrations that teams have come out with this year? Um, it's always a big deal, you know, when somebody hits a home run. It's a long season. Like, let's have some fun with it. Oh right? yeah. What sports without the fun? Yeah, right. Like, like we watch. NBA, a three celebration, you know, Dame Dalla, he's got... They have me, I'll be, I'll be playing pickup, I yeah, hit the three, yeah. and I'm like, look at me, I'm Russell Westbrook rocking the baby, and yeah. I am not good at basketball. <laughs> but the best part of the MLB is, once you get in the dugout, you got props, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got props. So, I start with the Pittsburgh Pirates. I have a sword. <laughs> Which, you know, fits well with the Pirates. Fits, yeah. It's a perfect fit. So, they'll hit a homer, they'll come into the dugout, and... They got a little sword that the guy who hits a home run gets to, gets to swing around. Just a big goof. This is funny. Yeah, it's awesome. You gotta keep it light, especially for the Pirates who. Oh yeah. Don't really have anything to cheer where's about. The, where's the Buccaneers sword when they yeah. when they get a touchdown? Yeah. So then my favorite, the Baltimore Baltimore Orioles Homer hose. So what it is, is a funnel. That I'm sure you've seen before. That gets filled with water after a home run, and the guy who hits the home run hydrates really well, <laughs> really fast. Surprised I they love don't, it. Surprised they don't get in trouble at all. For... Uh, it's just water. It's just water. They call it the nozzle. <laughs> you love. It's just some guys. That's, uh, that's, that's so funny. It's just some guys staying hydrated, man. If you uh, want to see what we're talking about, I recommend looking that one up on Twitter or on Google. It's it's a sight to see. And then the another one is the Angels Samurai Helmet, which, you know, show high brings over. 
a samurai helmet. You're going to use it. Of the course. The dude hits the most home runs on the team. It is pretty sweet looking, isn't it? That is, that is really yeah. cool. Yeah, so whoever hits the homer gets to wear the samurai helmet. Now imagine, like, Mike Trout feeling cocky. Yeah. He puts it on when he goes to bat. <laughs> he would get nailed. Just letting you know. That would be funny. He would get plumped. It'd be funny if he hits it, though. Imagine being the pitcher who a guy comes out with the, with the helmet. Yeah, he would get hit immediately in the helmet. Yeah, that's awesome. Once again, the Angels who don't have much to write home about. At least you get a samurai helmet. Brewers got the cheese head. You know, that's... No. Can't say much Packers. But... Yeah. Um, the Braves have a giant Braves hat. You know how you've been seeing... You know, oh, ever yeah, since big, football, ever since hats, football season, the they got a hats, big hat. That's so funny. You know, not not really that cool, but still funny. I don't, I don't know whose idea that one was. But then, sadly... You know, okay, arguably my favorite. I love the homer hose, but this is sweet. Every time the Padres hit a home run, they have a Polaroid camera in the dugout, and they take a picture. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Because then they, they have that. Yes. It's you know, awesome. Imagine at the end of the year, they have like a wall of yes. Polaroids. It's awesome. That's such a good idea. I wonder I, if you could get one of those. Like, if you could buy one of those as a fan. That would be awesome. Having those. That would be awesome. I, I'm mad they came up with that, and we did it, but... Yeah, just a little feel-good story. Oh, one more, one more, one more. The Vikings helmet. So there's a outfielder. His name is Drake, Jake Fraley. He's kind of got a big beard. Looks like a Viking. Is he, uh, is he uh, got red hair? Yeah. I know. He's played for Dodgers, right? Yeah, once. Yeah. So Luis Sesa, Luis Sesa bought, him a, bought him a Vikings helmet and a coat. So that was kind of his home run celebration, but they've kind of just given it over to everyone and made a third-team deal. Red Sox, they got inflatable weights, you know, not that great. Making them just look you know, strong. you hit a homer, so you're strong, okay. But that's a really a downfall from last year. What they would do last year if they hit a home run, they would have the um, laundry cart that, you know, you throw the players throw all their laundry in yeah, after the yeah, game and yeah. get washed. They'd bring that into the dugout, and the dude who hit the home run would sit in it and they'd push him <laughs> through the dugout. That's really funny. So they need to bring that one back. That's I really like that funny. one a lot more. That's just a little feel-good baseball story, since you know we talked about a lot of the actual baseball stuff on on Wednesday morning. It's fun to fun to have fun. Yeah. Well, uh, one thing I want to talk about about an hour ago uh, for for us here to Friday night, the NBA released their finalists for their end of season awards. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Most valuable player was Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis, and I want to give it to Embiid. Uh-huh. You said that on your predictions. But Jokic almost averaged a triple-double. Oh, so you've changed your mind. I want it to be Embiid. Yeah. In my mind, it's Embiid. We know, we know how that goes. But it's probably going to be Jokic because they led him to the first seed, and he averaged 24-11 and 9.8 as a center who does not look like he was, he's a basketball player. That's interesting that there's two centers up there. Yeah, it was like that last year. Yeah. It was when, almost... you, when you think of – when you play 2K – Okay, we're going back to 2K. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to play my career. You're making a point guard. Point guard, shooting guard, or small yeah. forward. But you're not making a big guy. No. Nobody, you don't have fun playing the post. No. The only reason you make a big guy is because that's what your 
team captain yeah. <laughs> on your pro am team makes you yeah. play. Yeah. And you're you're always the guy like, oh man, I don't want to be a center yeah. this year, but so and so's making me and I want to play. Someone has to be the glass cleaner. Somebody asked me. But those guys who dedicate to be glass cleaners good. are good at yeah. it. Um but so my, my most valuable player is Jokic, sadly, for the third straight year. Sadly he deserves it. But DeMarcus Cousins had something to say about that. Boogie. Boogie says, I'm not okay with it being three MVPs in a row. Because it then becomes a conversation of, is this the best basketball player Yeah, I saw that. He hasn't won anything. He hasn't been to the finals. With three in a row, we're putting him over the likes of Shaq, Hakeem, and Tim Duncan. That's... I don't agree with that, though. I don't either, because it's... It's the MVP of this season. Yeah. I mean, you could give it to Embiid. You could say, but, like, Embiid's not... I mean, it'd be his first MVP. Yeah. But he's not a winner. Yeah. He cries in the postseason. (laughs) You could give it to Giannis. Giannis has won a championship. Mm -hmm. uh, But that'd be three MVPs for Giannis. Am I saying Giannis is better than Shaq, Hakeem, and Tim Duncan? No. No, but would Giannis be deserving of a third MVP? Yes. Yes. So I don't. I don't. Agree I, I don't with that. think news fatigue should go into who gets the award, who gets MVP, and also like, and Boogie just got signed by a team. Oh really? He's back in the league. Not the NBA. No. <laughs> <laughs> signed with the. I'm gonna butcher this. I don't know how to pronounce their team name, but the. I don't even know. You could give a shot at that. Guaynabo Mets. The Guaynabo Mets. Oh, he's playing in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rican professional league. Which I think that's a summer league, so he's hoping to showcase his talents and come back. But I'm like, Boogie Cousins is calling out Jokic. But like, where's... Like, Boogie Cousins hasn't... Joker laughs at that. He's like, okay. Exactly. Whatever. But the the Defensive Player of the Year award is Brooke Lopez Uh of the Bucks. We just talked was the blocks leader, right? Mm, Total. Total blocks. Total blocks. But the average is... Is Jaron Jackson Jr. of the Grizzlies or Evan Mobley of the Cavaliers? I think it's Jaron Jackson Jr. Dude was an all-star averaging 14 points a game. Like, he's been the defensive guy. What I find interesting is Evan Mobley's in his second year. Good for him. No, he's... Is he in his second year? Yeah, he's in his second year. Um, But my, my defensive player of the year is Jaron Jackson Jr. It's obvious to me. Our rookie of the year finalist. Paolo Bancaro of the Orlando Magic. Average 20 points per game. That's a Duke club right there. It's a Duke boy. I do like Duke. Yep. Jalen Williams. Okay. Also knows Your boy. As, also knows J-Dub of the greatest team ever, the <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder. And Walker Kessler of the Utah Jazz. Never heard of that guy. I'm not really? Play. He was like one of the top blocks guys this league. He, he was one of those guys that like, when, when Utah was doing really well, he was he was pushing them to that level, um, but my my rookie of the year my rookie of the year is Jadon. Of course, but what's your the the media is going with Paolo Bancaro? Yep, because he's he was the first option. Uh, sixth man of the year, Malcolm Brogdon of the Boston Celtics, Emmanuel Quickly of the New York Knicks, and Bobby Portis of the Milwaukee Bucks. Who you got? Emmanuel Quickly. The Knicks were the five seed. They missed the playoffs last year. He's that spark plug. Like, Brogdon's a good defensive player. Bobby Portis is Bobby Portis. He'll punch his teammate in practice. But <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. When I feel like goals. that award should be called the Jamal Crawford Six-Man Player of the Year. Or you can even say Lou Will. Could, but I got that but Jamal Crawford love. I think it's uh, Emmanuel Quickly. Moving on, most improved player. 
Jalen Brunson of the New York Knicks yep. had a great year, averaging 24 mm-hmm. points per game. Larry Markin of the Utah Jazz, also a great year, started in the All-Star game, but only started due to injury. And you know, the player I don't think most people know, and I've never heard we of him. We never talk about him. Never talk about him. <laughs> Shea Gilders Alexander yeah. <laughs> of the Oklahoma State Thunder. I want it to be Shea. I really want it to be you Shea. I don't think it will be. Again, small market team. Yeah. Media is going to go with Jalen Brunson. But... Who's also on the Knicks, so you could use the same argument they used for the six-man award for him. Exactly. They did make the yeah. playoffs yeah. last year, five seed. But Oklahoma State Thunder had a .1% chance to make the playoffs. We are supposed you to only could win also use the argument for him. 17 You're right. games. Yeah. And he went up from 24 points a game to 31. Third player in OKC history to score. And you're preaching to the choir, my man. <laughs> Anyways, Coach of the Year finalists: Joe Mazzula, Boston Celtics; Mike Brown, Sacramento Kings; Mark Dagnall, Oklahoma State Thunder. I just based on the Celtics kind of had a coaching carousel mid-year last year. Oh, it was last year. He's been coaching the entire year. Okay, he was made full-time coach after like the first game. Okay, but it's gonna be Mike Brown. The they, Kings. Yeah. Haven't Kings made the playoffs for 16 years. It should be him. It should be him. Okay. As much as I want to see Mark Dagnall win it, yeah. because, you know, I'm biased and I love yeah, my Thunder, yeah, yeah. it's going to be Mike Brown. Yeah. Uh, they added a new award this year. Really? The Clutch Player of the Year. I like that. It goes down to Jimmy Butler, DeMar DeRozan, and De'Aaron Fox. Who you got? Definitely De'Aaron Fox. Really? He had. He was He was so close. That was the one thing they knocked on him for the last couple of years. And he's not stepped, clutch. Not clutch. And he stepped up. He was hitting threes. He's not a great three-point yeah, shooter. I don't think of Darren Fox in threes. He's hitting those big shots. Me personally, I would have put Shea Gildas in the top three. Um, I saw a couple like fan accounts of different teams in the NBA put Shea Gildas as their number two. But Darren Fox is always number one on everybody's list. So that those are my, uh, my, my finalists who I think are going to win. Uh, we we want to end today's episode with uh, with a segment that we're just going to do every Saturday morning yep. called our standout of the week. My standout of the week, a little bit biased, Josh Giddy. Um, I don't know how he's going to play tonight or for you listeners last night, but on Wednesday's game he had thirty one points, nine rebounds, ten assists, and a you know one away win, from a triple double win win or go home game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you watch this guy, you'd be like, this guy's a basketball player. No, yeah, for real. He's, like, not athletic. You might see him on I'll, TikTok. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, <laughs> next next episode, I'll go on my, my Josh Giddy tangent. Yeah. But we're running out of time here. But he's my he's my standout of the week. He really showed out to, to you know, push the thunder over that hump. Um, Kobe, who's your standout of the week? Also kind of biased, but not really, because it is a true standout of the week. Got to go with my guy, Max Muncie. Max Muncy started out the year, opening day, he went 0 for 5 with 5 strikeouts. Oh. I mean, you really can't start worse than that, right? Mm-hmm. Has a really bad series, first series against the Diamondbacks. Starts out the week, play the Diamondbacks again. So he already has a bad taste in his mouth with the Diamondbacks. Really rough, really rough timing against them. Praise God, the Dodgers are going to San Francisco. They're going to the Bay, and that is Max Muncy's time to shine. Lifetime, he has 21 homers against the Giants. The only person who has more home runs against a single team 
is Aaron Judge against the Orioles. So, there you go. Current players. Yeah. He had 11 RBIs against the Giants in that three-game series. Oh, wow. Four home runs. That's great. Yeah. Um, they call him the Giant Killer. Goes back to when Madison Bumgarner gives up a splash hit into the bay to, Ma- or to Max Muncie. Max pimps it a little bit. It takes his time around the bases, you know. Just hit a ball off Madison Bumgarner. Mad Bum is, is chirping him as he touches home plate, and Max Muncy looks at him and says, go get it out of the ocean. <laughs> and ever since then, Max has been nails in San Francisco. So whenever we go there, we know, oh, Max needs a little, he needs a little pick-me-up. There you go. Hopefully that can continue tonight at Wrigley. But yeah, that's my standout of the week. I, I'm not. I'm gonna try not to make it be a Dodger every week, but you know, he, I can, I can make it a Thunder every. Oh, he every week. deserved it this week. Well, that's that's great. Glad yeah. glad he's playing well. Glad giving your daughters yeah. some some excitement. Yeah. So well, that's about so all the time we have for today. Uh, we will see you all again on Wednesday morning. Yep. Thanks for listening. We hope you guys have a great day today.